This is the sermon podcast of Lord of Life Lutheran Church in Columbus, Ohio, where we proclaim God's extravagant grace, radical inclusion, and relentless compassion. Join us for worship Sundays at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., or 11.15 a.m. For more information, please visit our website at www.acceptingall.com. The second reading is from Romans. I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree that the law is good. But in fact, it is no longer I that do it, but the, thin, but the sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells within me, that is, in my flesh. I can will what is right, but I cannot do it. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer that, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do what is good, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inmost self, but I, see my, but I see in my members another law at war with the law of my mind, making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. The word of the Lord. We're reading from the Gospel of Matthew today, the sixth chapter. Jesus said, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. If your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is full of darkness. If then the light that's in you is darkness, how dark is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Uh, For the slave will either hate the one and love the other or be devoted to the one and to despise the other. You cannot serve God and well. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you'll eat or what you'll drink or about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more than food and a body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. Neither do they sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And if any of you could worry by worrying at a single hour to your span of life, and why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, and yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You have little faith. Therefore do not worry, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for those things. And indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and God's righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. 
So do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble's enough for today. Holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace from Jesus the Christ. Amen. So here's what we're doing. We've got a five-week series that begins today. It's focused uh, on stuff, um, on things, on uh, possessions, on, on money. We're going to read the same gospel each week. The one that you just, just heard is from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. It's kind of a collection of great things that Jesus said, put all in the two chapters there in Matthew. I want to challenge you to read it, not just on Sunday when you come to worship, but to read it in your daily life. Um, this is uh, not Pastor Jim talking. It's not a financial advisor. Uh, it's not the church. It's not some authority other than it's Jesus. It's Jesus sharing with his disciples about what life really is and how it works. And I have had, I've been blessed to have this uh, framed picture. It's back by the baptismal font right inside the, our back door for more than two decades. Couldn't go in and out of the house without seeing it. And yesterday I said, honey, I need to take it off the wall and bring it to church. And so it's sitting back there as just a reminder to me. Uh, and I want to remind you, you can't go wrong with the wisdom of Jesus. You can't. Uh, and it is worth sitting still with it for a while over and over and over again. And second, we're going to keep reading the first two readings that are chosen for us out of the lectionary, which is kind of an odd choice. What we want to do is we want to let the Spirit do the Spirit's work, and we want to make the connection between those lessons that were chosen by somebody else and by this piece of wisdom that we, we want to repeat for a couple of weeks. And the idea is that, that we don't like cherry-pick Scripture, that we don't like um, proof text, that we keep our brains engaged with all of Scripture. So that's, that's what we're doing. Five weeks, including next week, when our One Body Grow team will be here and we'll share something about what it was like to serve with the poor in Jamaica. And all of that's on a subject of more than enough. Um, and I want to say one other thing before we get out there, because, uh, because I, I read Facebook. Um, <laughs> January 2015, we, we focused on this subject, very similar. We, we titled the series, Enough. We're not just doing that same series over. This is not a repeat. You can just go listen to that on the podcast. It's already, it's already on there. And it's not a rehash in that sense. Uh, and the reason we're coming back to the subject is because you told us that it really mattered in your life. And it really appreciated it. And I've had the awesome experience of being with some people. They said, Pastor, that made a big difference in my life. And so we know that this subject of our things and stuff and money is where life is really lived. And we want to make sure that we keep it real. Um, I'm also convinced that if you knew, in the same way that Jesus knew, um, that you have more than enough and that you always have more than enough, that God's generosity is more extravagant than you can even imagine. I'm convinced that, that your life would not only feel differently, but I think you would live your life differently and you'd be able to live it without worry, without worry about tomorrow, without fear, and you'd be able to live with more contentment and with more joy and you'd be able to trust that God's got this thing. God's got this thing called life, and it's going to be okay. So that's where we're going, and here's where I want to start. I want to start with that second reading. It was kind of hard to read. John did a good job. It sounded like one of those to do. I do. I don't. I want. I don't. Uh, that's hard to do, um, to read out loud like that. But this is, what, this is what Paul says. I don't understand my own actions. You know, the thing that I want to do, I just, I just don't always do it. Um, that's where I want to start, and I'm not, because I don't think he's alone, and I... 
especially think that's true when it comes to things and uh, the managing of our things and, and our resources. And I want to give you just some examples, and I, and I hope you'll be gracious with me with these, because they're all real, and they're all with not that long ago. Um, so I'm sitting with this guy. Uh, it turns out it's a pastor friend of mine, and he's got a cell phone. His cell phone screen is all it's just smashed. You can't see anything on his cell phone. He can talk to it, but he can't use the thing. And he tells me that he's not going to be able to get his cell phone replaced until next February because he can't afford it. Now, when he's telling me that, we're sitting in a craft brew pub. We're drinking beer that costs $9 a beer, and he's had his third beer. He's 30% of the way to fixing his cell phone. I just want to say that. And then, you know, someone once told me um, that they were really concerned because they were not going to be able to afford to, uh, their kids' school fees or their sports fees or their confirmation fees next year. And when they told me that, we were driving downtown in their brand-new Mercedes. Someone once complained to me about all the overtime work that they were doing, which they were doing it because they had a bunch of debt that they were trying to do something with. And that's, that's really important to do something about your debt. Um, but then they, on Facebook, posted that they just scored primo season sports tickets in Columbus. And every pastor has been here. We, just never, we never talked about it, and there's, there's some good reasons why. Someone who's explained to you how, you know, Pastor, right now I know the church needs some money, and da, 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 but we just can't really give right now because we just moved to this big house and we just got back from this trip to Europe and we just got to spend all our money getting that all paid for. And I don't ever say anything during those situations because it's like a taboo subject to begin with. And, and people really think that pastors are just trying to get into their wallet or something like that. And, and, but I never feel good about not saying anything. I never do. Um, someone once said that life's too short to, not to be honest with people. So here it is. You could replace your cell phone a lot faster if you drank Bud Light. Or if you just drank a few less, you could replace your cell phone. You could have cut into your family's debt a lot faster if you decide for one year, I'm not going to go to a sporting event. And all of us would have a lot more room for generosity in our lives and for all the causes that we believe in if, um, if consumerism wasn't so prevalent in our lives. If somebody wasn't telling us and us believing that I have to do this in order for life to be good. At Lord of Life, we try to, we try to um, approach that head on. Um, we teach a basic faith financial strategy. And it works. Um, it's not about fundraising. Um, it's really about life. It's about discipleship. And, and I want to make sure you hear once again, there aren't any uh, pledge cards. We're not in the middle of a capital campaign. We're not doing any fundraising. That's not what we're talking about right here. We're talking about discipleship. So here, here's what we teach about how you can faithfully and wisely manage your, your things. The first thing, the first thing, the very first thing, start Start by giving back the first 10% to God. Now, you do that in thanksgiving and recognition that God is the one that's given you everything that you have. And I know how this works. It's very tempting. Uh, I went to college. I worked hard. I work hard now. And I'm tempted to think at times that I receive because I work hard. But I receive because of God's gener- generosity. And so the first thing is to kind of make yourself a ground, make yourself a base, a spiritual centering, a reminder that God is generous and that because of God's generosity, I have enough and I will always have enough. 
Because the God who created the lilies of the field and the birds of the air is watching over all of us and knows what we all need, everything's going to be fine. So in order to make sure that's the base, the first thing I do is let go of some of what God gave me right away. Not at the end, but at the very beginning, the first 10%. And the hardest part about this, and people don't believe me, is not the 9, 10, 11, 12%, whatever it is that, that, that you're giving. The hard part is figuring out how do I give it to God? What's God doing? Where's God doing it? What's the best place for it? And, and you expect me to say this, and I'm going to say that. I, I wouldn't do this job if I didn't believe it. I think a big part of that should be the church. God's doing great things everywhere in the world and many other places. And maybe it's not every church, but in the place, in the community where the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed, where water washes us clean in baptism, where we're fed at a table, where we're sent forth to serve, where we are healed and prayed for. Um, That's a good recipient of what God is doing. But my point is not that um, you give to the church. My point is that you give back to God, the giver, the one who gave you everything, and you make that the baseline of what you're doing. It's an act of faith, and it changes how you forgive things, how you see things. And then, after you take that first step of saying, now I'm going to let go, and I still got this anxiety thing going on, then you say, I'm going to save the next 10%. I'm going to save it. Uh, not forever. I like making sure people know that. The idea is not that you die and you put it in the casket with you and take it with you. That's not it. You save it um, until it rains. Uh, you save it until your kids need soccer cleats and you can't afford them. You save it until you're ready to retire. Uh, you keep saving. You keep investing in the same way that you keep giving back. You do it all the time. You constantly give back and you constantly set some aside. It's a rhythm. Now, if you're in debt already, this is where this gets really tricky. And here's something I know 95% of you are. 85% of you have consumer debt every month. You don't quit giving back to God because that'll be a recipe for anxiety and sleeplessness tonight. You say, I have to carry this burden all by myself. And you don't because that's not how God works. It's a recipe for also what Jesus calls worry. Um, What's going to happen tomorrow? What if I can't do this? How am I going to make this happen? That's why the first 10% matters so much to God. It's not that God needs the money. God doesn't need the money. What needs to happen is you need to loosen your grip a little bit. And you loosen it in two ways. You loosen it one way by giving some back to God. And you loosen it the other way by saving some of it. Now, if you have this debt, then you you need to uh, save a little bit less and start applying that to your debt. And you need to make that happen as, as best you can. It really leads to the the third part and spend a little bit less. And that's the part where I wanted to begin today. Every other time when we brought this forward, we've always started way back here to tithe, give to God thing. And I guess you expect that when you come to church. But today I want to start with the other because it usually sounds something like this. Give 10% to God, 10% and say, eh, just do whatever you want with the other 8%. But you know and I know it's just not that simple. You, You have to learn to live mindfully and, and joyfully with the other 80%. Um, now, this is really basic stuff, and, and I'm not trying to insult anybody here today. This is Pastor Jim. I'm, I'm just trying to be helpful. But this is a principle. This is like a principle of the universe. Um, when you aimlessly spend money on less important things to you, you're going to have less money to spend on the things that are important to you. 
It's like a law of gravity. Um, if you spend more over here, you're going to have less over here. That's how it works. And it's not ironic to me that um, the Ten Commandments begin with, uh, you shall have no other gods before me, and then it ends down at the, don't covet the things that belong to your neighbors. Um, and it's way more than financial advice. It's faith advice. It's life advice. After a really odd circumstance a couple months ago, um, friend of a friend of a person that was in a wedding <laughs> calls up and she and her husband want to meet and uh, talk about some anxiety that they're experiencing. They're, they're going to have to give up their house because they, they, they can't make it. And, um, and the question was posed to me under the framework of we don't have enough. Um, in the course of that, what I, what I learned is they had a burdensome mortgage and they had three car payments, three car payments. Somewhat humorous um, for a first world two-income suburban family to say out loud that we don't have enough. Might not really be familiar enough what the words enough mean. They were sacrificing amazing things. They were sacrificing peace and calmness and freedom from worry and guilt. They were sacrificing joy and were sacrificing all of those things for square footage and some really expensive wheels that people told them they needed in order to be happy. And they worked. And one of the things we know, and it's what causes this anxiety within us, is that can't control the future. We're making decisions right now. What's the future look like? And you can go the other way at this. You can be so frightened of the future that you, that you can't take a step forward. Jesus himself says, tomorrow we'll have worries of its own. Today's trouble right now, that'll be enough for right now. It is enough Today, says Jesus, to live in the moment is enough today to be wise and faithful and generous and grateful of all that you have. And with so many circumstances out there, outside of our life, that are outside of our control, it just kind of makes sense when Jesus says, just deal with the things that you can control. You can't affect tomorrow, just deal with today. And, and I think that's true, not just about money and not just about things. Um, and here are some examples. If you want your kids, I just read this devotion this week, if you want your kids to know that they're going to be loved forever unconditionally, you start teaching them right now about that God's going to be able to keep that promise because you're not going to be able to. And don't subject them to the pablum of if you believe this or if you say this or if you do this, then, then God will love you. God loves you right now and will be forever. Everybody's upset about what's going on in the world. I certainly am. If you want to change the world, you also have to change your own world. You have to change things right where you can. You have to change the things you can. Uh, if, if you're worried about what happens in my old age and I'm going to be in a nursing home and nobody's going to be making sense and who am I going to talk to, start talking right now to somebody who is never going to fail, who's going to be around. Start having a conversation with God right now. One of the wisest words that have ever shared with me, and I don't want him to come off wrong, especially with my wife sitting right here. A person said to me, Pastor, the only way you can celebrate 50 years of marriage is to be married for 50 years. Yep, that's exactly true. The only way you can have a deep relationship with God is to be willing to have a deep relationship with God. Want to have something when your assets dwindle, when your health and your vitality start to fade? Jesus says, well, invest in something that won't rust. Invest in something that won't depreciate. Invest in something that they can't steal off the back deck of your house. It's true for everything. 
but it's especially true when it comes to things and when it comes to money. Um, and, it, and it's not one size fits all. That's the great danger of a message like this today. Every one of you comes at this from a different place. Every one of your financial situations is different. Every one of what you're dealing with in life is different. Um, you, you, you don't preach this sermon in Haiti. <laughs> they preach you a sermon about what it means to have enough. And, and I fully understand that there are people and moments in this life when you struggle financially completely outside of your control. It happens. But this applies to more people far more than we admit in public. God is so generous and gives us all these things. But when we spend things and time and money on things that are less important, then we don't have them to spend on the things that are really important to us. The greatest mistake you can make is this assumption that your financial life is like completely outside of your control. Uh, It's not. We decide every day, every day where our money goes. And intentionally choosing to give and to save and to spend the way we want, that's not easy to do. Uh, And it doesn't just happen. And it's a subject that we ought to be talking about in small groups and in ministry groups. And I think it's difficult because it requires really two things. Um, It requires, first of all, that you have some vision of what you want it to look like. And I I remember when it happened for us. Uh, It happened right here at Lord of Life Church. And someone was able to be very generous with this congregation. And we were not. Um, and I was, I want to be able to do that someday. I, I want to be able to be that generous. And they taught me how. Um, I had to have a vision, and then I had to have a plan. And the plan was really simple, 10, 10, 80. It was a good thing it was simple, because I'm a pretty simple person. Um, but the second thing, and I think it might be the hardest, is to say, well, what's in the way of that? What's, what's stopping me from doing that? Which often... And I can't believe I'm saying this because I don't think you come to church to get yelled at. <laughs> I think what gets in the way is us. We, we're our own worst enemies sometimes. Um, you have more than enough. You have more than enough. God is unbelievably generous. Nothing can separate you from God's love. Nothing, nothing now, nothing ever. But choosing now to say, oh, that's a nice thing to know versus I'm going to build on that. I'm going to trust that. That's a whole different thing. And so here's, here's one concrete step to get you started in that. And I didn't, I didn't want to ramble on and miss it, so I, I just made it the, the title of the sermon today. Uh, and I left these blanks in there because it's different for every one of us. Uh, it's a little equation that I'm, I'm convinced is, uh, is like gravity. Uh, I've got more than enough. So, but if I want this, then I'm going to have to have less of this. Um, I already have everything, so why am I worrying so much? What's in the way? Is it the first 10% that I give to God? No, that's not what's in the way. Is it the 10% that I save? Nope, that won't be it. Or is it the 80% um, and the decisions that I make on a daily basis about that 80%? That's a deep subject. Um, and I know that, and I know it's not easy. Um, and I hope that you won't stop here. Um, I mean, I really hope that you won't stop here. I hope you won't say, if this is what we're going to get every week, I'm not coming back. 
Um, no matter where you're at, start from a place of God's extravagant grace for you. Start from a place that says, God is showering God's gifts and blessing on me right now. Uh, so that you spend that time with that scripture in the coming weeks, and you take the bulletin home, you open up your Bible, you get out a Bible app, and you just read through it again and again, and you start asking yourself, well, what does it mean that the, the lilies of the field are clothed better than that, than even King Solomon? What does it mean that the birds of the air who don't even have faith are still cared for by God? What does it mean? And... Uh, and I hope you'll come back so we can talk more about it in coming weeks. Because I haven't said it and haven't said it clear enough, we focus on a very practical subject. Make sure you know this today at Lord of Life Church. God, God loves you. God, God loves you. More than you know, God loves you. Um, and you right now have more than enough. Amen.